a friend randomly told me about bookkeeping. So I started to learn about what it is, what it's for. And I learned that bookkeeping is relatively inexpensive and relatively easy to get started with because you're not required to have a really long and complex degree. You are not required to have any credentials or things that are going to cost more money and more time. Also, assuming that you have the skills and the knowledge, right, to do bookkeeping. You are listening to the Say Hola Well podcast, a show dedicated to the stigmatize the idea of wanting more money. More money, more options for you, your family, and our community to become financially free. I am your host, Lucy King. I am on a mission to help decolonize wealth for Latinas, and here is how I do it. I talk about building generational wealth through a holistic lens. I give you the strategies, the mindset, and the ideas to create generational wealth and also break away from a culture of silence. Ya sabes, that believe that in our cultura, no se habla de dinero. We don't talk about money. I am a first-gen investor who went from believing I had to work mentally and physically hard for money to now having multiple investment accounts and run a business that I love. I am a mom, a wife, speaker, and author ready to help you create wealth beyond your ancestors' wildest dreams. Welcome to the Say Hola Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind you to follow us on social if you are loving the podcast, want to build community, and you want to learn creative ways to increase your income. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and of course, on our website at www.sayolawell.com. If you feel inspired by any of the episodes, it will mean the world to me if you can leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. This is how other mujeres find us. Hi, Andrea. How are you? Welcome to Say Hola Well Podcast. Hi, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I'm so excited for you to share so much of the wisdom that you are sharing online to help people. But before we dive into today's topic, I want to ask you, how did you grow up and what was your relationship with money? Oh, I love this question. We could talk about this for an entire hour. So I'm going to try to keep it short. I grew up in Ecuador. I was born in Ecuador and stayed there until I was 16 when I moved to the United States. So all of those like young years, those formative years, I lived in Ecuador. My family at that time, we were middle class, maybe upper middle class. My dad was a business owner. So I grew up with like the visuals of money coming in and out. And I saw how fast that process can be how fast money can come in and go out. I saw my dad managing his business and traveling because of that and managing his team and sometimes maybe even struggling to pay the bills or pay his employees and some other times and other seasons that were like, we're going to go to the United States for a vacation and we're going to travel and we're going to go I'll do all of this. So I saw money was very fluid. It was never like, this is it. It was very up and down. And on the emotional side of it, I my mom was very good at showing me the sharing and the saving. 
So she always taught me to save money. I was, I think in fifth grade when I opened my first bank account and it was so cool. I felt on top of the world going to the bank. And at that time in Ecuador, they give you something that looked like a passport kind of thing. And like with all of the transactions coming in and out. And I loved it. It was one of my favorite things ever to do with her. And she also showed me to share. I always saw my mom sharing with specifically her family or in South America or in Latin America, it's very common to have people, you hire this person to do this job and you hire somebody else to do a different job. And she was always very generous with them as well. So I feel like I'm very lucky in that aspect that I saw both sides of the black and white of money coming in and out and making sales and paying bills. And then also my mom utilizing that money to make those decisions and how money in a way can lead you to make really big choices. For example, my mom was a lawyer. She went to law school. She was a lawyer before she married my dad. And long story short, at the time that I was little, my mom stayed home and she would also help my dad with his business. So I saw the impact and the power that money can have in either way. And I think that one of the biggest lessons that I learned because of that was that everything was figure outable. And that's a term that I learned from Marie Forleo, that money that I really have control over it, that I don't have to be a quote unquote victim or like I just have to let life be that I really have control over finances. That's my biggest lesson that I took from both of them when I combine them together. That is so powerful. And yes, we all have so much control of our finances. And I appreciate you describing how you learn from both of your parents and your story about going to the bank at five years old. I was just smiling so big because I'm like, what a powerful and impactful way to teach someone so small the importance of caring for your dinero. So I was just fascinated by that story because I now have a five-year-old, but I opened her bank account when she was four. And I've been taking her to the bank to do her own deposits, even though we can do it like through the phone really now. But I really want to teach her the importance of taking care of that. So when you were telling me that, I was like, oh my God, this is probably the cutest story today. (laughs) (laughs) on the podcast about money memories and really your relationship to money. So thank you for sharing that. Now, Andrea, I wanted you to come to the podcast because one of the things that I'm very passionate about is really helping mujeres grow wealth through investing and entrepreneurship. And you as an entrepreneur who launched her online business, I see you being multifaceted, not only in your business, but also in your personal life. So I want us to dive into the topic of how to launch a bookkeeping business. Ooh, let's do it. So first of all, I want you to share with everyone because I think there's misconception on what is bookkeeping, but I'm going to start with why bookkeeping is specifically for you. Perfect. I love that. So bookkeeping, for me, it was a decision of change. My husband was in the military and he was getting ready to leave the military. So at that point, I needed to figure out what I was going to do next. Because for the past, at that point, five years, I had decided to stay home so that I could be with my kids. And a friend randomly told me about bookkeeping. So I started to learn about what it is, what it's for. And I learned that bookkeeping is relatively inexpensive and relatively easy to get started with because you're not required to have a really long and complex degree. You are not required to have any 
credentials or things that are going to cost more money and more time. Also, assuming that you have the skills and the knowledge, right, to do bookkeeping. Businesses are starting every day, every year. There's thousands and thousands of new businesses being created in the United States. Specifically, Latino businesses are booming now. So when you look at it from that perspective and knowing that they are required by the IRS to keep a record of their own to file taxes in case of an audit, but finances and money being one of the biggest reasons why businesses lose and they have to close doors and there's no longer a business, then I thought that being part of, I think of bookkeeping as being part of the solution or being part of help in the journey of becoming profitable, of becoming, of growing, of getting to the business of your dreams. So the bookkeeper is really essential to that process. So not only you as the bookkeeper are having your own business and going through the journey and struggles of being a business owner, but you're also like the, your duties and your jobs is actually helping that other business survive and become more and more profitable. I love that. And I've learned that as a business owner, you do need to have these other, I call them strategic partners to help you elevate your business. And I want you to dive into what exactly is bookkeeping, because I see this over and over with entrepreneurs that they have the misconception between an accountant and a bookkeeper. So can you tell us what specifically is a bookkeeper and how do you support a small business? Yes, absolutely. And I have to point out, I love what you said about strategic partners. That is such a cool term. I am probably going to... (laughs) Use that too. And I'm going to quote you on that because I love that term. So there is a lot of overlap. And that's why it's not like super clear because there could be, for example, CPAs doing bookkeeping. There could be accountants doing bookkeeping. There could be bookkeepers doing some sort of tax prep and tax work. So there is, although there are clear tasks and clear jobs, the people themselves can choose to perform in either way. Tax is a little bit more complex, obviously, and you do need some specific credentials and all of that. So that's going to be a little bit more clear when somebody tells you, I'm going to do your tax work. That doesn't really mean bookkeeping. It means tax. What bookkeeping is like in plain, like very basic terms, keeping track of the daily financial activities of a business. So somebody comes through your door or through your online business and they pay you and then you have to pay your Zoom subscription and then you have to pay LinkedIn and all of your expenses, you have to keep track of that. So that whole process of keeping track of the movement of your money is bookkeeping. However, nowadays a bookkeeper can... You could have a full-time job as a bookkeeper for a larger company and be fine with that. But if you're looking to be a business owner, you can really take it in your own way. For example, bookkeepers can run payroll. I recommend that if you do dive into that, that you actually learn about payroll because there's a lot of companies and people that tell you payroll is just running payroll. You just click around and the software will take care of everything else, just like QuickBooks. It's not the case. You have to know what you're doing. You can't just click reconcile and things are going to magically happen. Another thing that bookkeepers can do is create financial reports and have meetings with their clients to go over them. So that is more of an accountant description. However, nowadays there's more and more bookkeepers like myself diving into that because again, you don't need that degree. You need the knowledge. And in my case, I've seen that 
you can get that knowledge in many other ways. Of course, the degree is great, but if you're not going for the degree, you can learn it in many other ways. So that's why it's not really, if you go to a bookkeeper, will always have the same descriptions or services. It's always going to change. And that's why you should really, if you're looking to launch your business, to really look at other people and what they're doing. And since you're the business owner, you get to choose what you want to do. And you can say, I like this. I'm going to go for this. I don't like this. I'm not going to go for that and build it according to what you want your business to look like. Thank you for explaining that. I've been learning so much, by the way, about bookkeeping and the importance of being organized. And I just, I'm fascinated with obviously making money as a business owner, but also I'm fascinated with how mujeres can really launch an online business in any niche, really. Mm -hmm. And it's all about making sure that you do things that are within your zone of genius. And really, you mentioned that how you love supporting small businesses because we are launching businesses every day. So Andrea, you are working with coaches and therapists specifically. Yes. Why did you decide to work with them? I decided to work with them because my degree is actually in psychology. I love how like to learn the connection between our behavior and what's behind it, because our behaviors are not really an isolated thing. There's many more layers behind our actions. So I want, I went to school for that. And when I decided to launch my bookkeeping business, I really wanted to stay in that same area. Not only I feel that I have the same kind of values, the same kind of goals as a therapist, a coach, consultant who are in business to literally help other people, but also because I wanted to support them directly and help them and their business grow and have profit. Yeah, that's why I decided to work with therapists and coaches and consultants and anybody that is in business to help others. That's like where I really do my best job. I love that. And I think that coaches and therapists are really just blessed to have someone like you, which I didn't know, by the way, that your degree was in psychology, but it totally makes sense why you're so fascinated with helping those specific niches. Now, when you launch your business, I want to ask you about pricing because as Latinas, you mentioned that you were a stay-at-home mom, we're launching a business. There's so many fears that come with pricing ourselves as Latinas. Can you tell us what was the process for you and how did you decide to really choose the pricing that you offer right now? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that I did to not price too low, which I'm very guilty of doing that. And every other month I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, should I change this? And Sometimes I ask other bookkeepers that are also working with the same like kind of industry as, as me charging like and looking at my own numbers and doing that work myself for my business. Sometimes I'm like, oh, my profit, I think I need to increase it. And that's like a homework in itself of more like a CEO day or CEO task that it's very common nowadays to hear about that. But one of the biggest things that I've done is to not charge by hour, but charge, first of all, a flat fee that is just the same price every single month for every one of my clients. I think it's it's easy in the sense of, I don't have to keep track of hours. My clients are never going to receive a surprise. Oh my gosh, this month is $200 and next month is $500. What's going on? So it's very easy to keep that relationship. It's very easy because you can automate it. But at the same time, in that flat rate, 
I turn that into not so much of a time exchange, but the value that I'm delivering. So in my case, although I provide only bookkeeping services in the sense of that I don't do any taxes or payroll or any other filings, I do bookkeeping. I also have meetings with my clients, whether on a monthly basis or quarterly basis. I provide unlimited communication and people know that if they reach out, that they are going to get an answer from me, usually within three days. So that's a thing that at least for generally speaking, people tend to have those pain points with accountants. Oh, I talk to my accountant and five months later, I hear back from them. So looking at it from the perspective of what are people complaining about from their bookkeepers and how can I change that? And also including that human piece, because nowadays there's a lot of conversations about how AI is going to replace a lot of jobs, including bookkeeping. So in my case, I think that we can use AI to leverage what we do as bookkeepers and make things easier and more efficient time-wise, but you are doing, it involves you as a human and there's the relationship and people know that they can call you or email you and they're going to get an answer from you. In my case, I provide, like I said, meetings with my clients where I not only just email them a PDF of their numbers, because usually that ends up in, oh, great, she did what she had to do. And that's it. Instead of I have meetings with them, I provide slide decks. I tell them, look at this number. Last month, it was not that. What do you think about it? And I don't think that AI can really replace that. So the more benefits for your client, the more valuable you become for them. So it's not an hour, like per hour exchange is more of how valuable are you to them and what would it be <laughs> if they didn't have you? What would happen to them and their business if they didn't have you? So that has helped me in building that pricing. However, I think it's important to say probably for any business that you create and you run, that is something that you should always look at. What are What is happening in this field? What are other people charging? Is this profitable to me? Do I feel like I resent my clients that they're paying me too little? Do I feel happy? Is this working out for me? Because not only there's a layer of the math, but there's also the layer of human peace. And if you're in business, you should you have the power to change things. So always look at it at least every three months, analyze your pricing and see if you should bring it up or if you should bring it down to see how things are working out for you. Thank you for explaining that. And I think that as Latinas, specifically changing our pricing comes with a lot of wow, like I already charged these and I don't know if I should do that, but it is best practices of any business to increase pricing, decrease pricing based on season, based on demand, based on what's happening with the economy. And also if you are specifically, if you are a bookkeeper and you have a lot of clients that are coming your way, that is a sign that, hey, people want to book you and you need to change your pricing even more. And so thank you for sharing that. If this podcast resonates with you and you are ready to embrace becoming financially free and build generational wealth, I would like to invite you to apply to work with me privately. It is the most intimate way to connect with me and you will be fully supported to achieve your financial goals once and for all. Here's what past clients have said about working with me. One of my clients said, I feel confident in ways I can invest my money. You have helped me connect the dots on how investing truly works. It is simple, fun, and less scary than I thought. 
Another client said, I have so much clarity on the mindset blockers that were holding me back from increasing my wealth. And many of my clients have said that investing in financial coaching has been one of the best investments they ever made. If you are ready to see these mujeres and their beautiful faces, go ahead and head over to my Instagram account so you can hear it directly from them. And make sure that you click on the highlights under results. And if you feel inspired, go ahead and schedule a call today using the link in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. Are you using any funding for your business specifically, or have you been bootstrapping? I have not used any funding at all. When I first started, I used my savings. And then since then, it's just been the same funds that the business generates in order to keep it running. Thank you for sharing that because I know that some mujeres are like, oh my God, I want to launch my business, but I need to apply for the credit card or I need to do some type of funding. And I love that you say I use my savings because launching an online business shouldn't be this big, I call it like this big Hollywood show where you get everything at once. Like you can Mm -hmm. slowly grow and scale your business. Now, Andrea, you're a mom and you have kids just like I do. What are the benefits that having your business model has given you in terms of being there with your family and be there with your kids? I love that question because this is, this looks different for everybody, but in some level, it comes down to the same thing, which is time with our kids. And in my case, that is the biggest benefit that I get as a mom. I decide when to work, what time, what days. Of course, I have deadlines and I have things that have to be done by a specific time and I have meetings and things that are scheduled for, but in the majority of the sense of how I build it and how I plan for things, I decide how many clients I want to take. I decide, for example, for the summer, I want the summer to be a little bit slower when it comes to the business, because I want to go on vacation with my kids and my kids are home with me every day during the summer. So I don't want them to just not ever see me. So I get to plan that and I get to work as much or as little as I want, considering the profit, of course. And I think another benefit is that my kids see me working, especially my daughter, that she sees that not only daddy is working, but also mommy and that I enjoy what I do. And it's really funny because sometimes she, she loves to play with magnetiles and she'll build like her own computer and then she's talking and she has magnetile camera on top and then she's typing and then I'm like oh what are you doing I'm talking to my clients and I'm cracking up because that's what I do so little things like that that I can see the impact on them and then as well another benefit of being a mom and having my own business is that I work I think the majority of my clients if I would say 90% of my clients are also moms that in the grand majority they also work from home so it's like a we mesh well we understand each other we have that extra layer of understanding and compassion the team members that I have hired for my business the majority of them are also working from home that are moms so I feel like that also brings a different way or expectations in terms of communication and understanding and it brings down like that pressure not that I don't provide excellent work, but I feel like it's a different conversation when you're working with somebody that is on the same page as you, as someone in a completely different level, which that is my personal preference, of course. I love that. And it is so true working with someone that understand that life 
could happen, right? Because sometimes we're working and we might have an appointment schedule with a client, but we get that text from the preschool or the middle school and it's, oh, your kid isn't feeling well. Can you come pick them up? And we just have to be strategic and change. And I love that you mentioned that because I want mujeres that are listening to know that as a business owner, we have the flexibility of even stopping our process for the day, our business operation to take care of our kids or also ourselves. There's days when I have canceled coaching calls because I just feel like I need to move my body because I realize, oh my God, it's like day three and I haven't worked out at all. And my body is so used to moving. So if I don't move, I'm like starting to feel like, oh my God, something's hurting here. Like I got to move. So amazing benefits definitely for being an online business owner and also for being a mompreneur. Now, is there anything that you wish you knew about business before you got started or maybe your biggest lesson as an online business owner? Yeah, you talked a little bit about this before, like when you first start your business, you feel like you need to go after funding or credit cards because you need to get thousands and thousands of dollars in debt to have everything like el último modelo of like everything and anything. So I learned that you don't need to do all of that. You don't need to have the best computer and the best desk and transform the your extra room or guest room or a corner into this magnificent, super expensive looking place. I learned that you don't. You can take it step by step that you can have the tech the bare minimum that you need to get started. And you can still have a really great business because like I mentioned before, the business is you are the one that is providing the service. And ultimately we want people to come to you because of you, not because and all the benefits that you're providing for them, of course, but talking about like that AI conversation, you are the one that makes the difference. And they're the ones that are talking to you directly. Nobody's going to come and to your office and see you while you are reconciling things in QuickBooks or any other software. They're going to look at the end result because you are going to be the one talking to them about it. So as long as you have what you need to provide that, then the next month or the next quarter, once you have made a little bit more money and you can spare a few dollars and you can buy a better light, or you can buy a better mouse, or at some point you can buy a better desk. So you don't really need all the bells and whistles right off from the bat. And I also think that in my case, I started not knowing anything about business. Although my dad was a business owner, I never really learned this is how you run a business. It was just like what I saw. And running a business in the 80s and 90s in Ecuador is completely different than running an online business today, especially during COVID when I started. So I learned that business is changing all the time. And when I felt like I mastered a skill, that was already done. Like people are not doing that anymore. Now they're doing something else. And for a while, it felt oh, like I'm never catching up. Like I never get to just feel okay. So I learned that things are going to change no matter what. And that gives me permission to also change. That doesn't mean that I have to get stuck and now have to fight the system. It just means that I have the freedom and the permission to also change as I need to change. 
That is such a powerful mindset to have, by the way. And I love how you say, like, when I was already mastering skill, like, by the time I was good at it, it was already gone. Like, I felt like that at the beginning of my journey as a business owner. And now I'm all about innovation is part of the business growth. We have to change. We have to just be okay with knowing that technology or even our clientele is going to look so different every single year. And we just need to own that. Now, Andrea, what is your definition? definition of wealth. I love when you ask this question. I was thinking about it and I can't just come to one basic line. So I'm going to give you two parts to it. The first one is like the black and white numbers focused, which is the accumulation of wealth or the accumulation of goods or finances or money. And what I mean by that is making money, making more money as time goes by, but also spending less than what I'm making so that I can actually keep that in some way or another, whether it's money in different accounts and properties, whatever it is that keeping more than what I'm obviously spending. So that is the first kind of like layer to it. And the second layer would be to make that last, not only for me, not only in a way that it like Having those goods and having that financial stability allows me to live the way that I want to live instead of me working for that to happen. That is serving me in the lifestyle that I want for me and my kids, but also doing it in a way that it lasts, that I last my entire life while I'm alive. And then also for my kids, for them to be able to receive a benefit from that as well. So it's like I said, it's a two layer thing. The first one is like the math, black and white thing, and then the lifestyle and emotional side of it. And I love both, by the way, I love both of your definitions of wealth. And I think that it's so important that we start to believe that mujeres like us can create like literally everlasting wealth if we learn to care for our money, manage it share it and also hire people like you to help us grow our business which brings me to my last question where can people find you and are you taking clients right now thank you for asking and for letting me talk about that yes absolutely i am taking new clients Usually people are going to start looking for bookkeepers and accountants after summer is done so if you listening or anybody that you know is in need of a bookkeeper tell them about me and I'll be happy to chat with them. You can find me in LinkedIn. That's where I usually am the most when it comes to social media. You just type my name, Andrea Rotondo. And I'm also sometimes on Instagram, Andrea.Rotondo. And you can find me in my website as well, which is the name of my business, Liquid Sense Bookkeeping. Sense, like centavos, C-E-N-T-S. Those are the three places that you will be able to reach me anytime. Andrea, thank you so much for coming. This has been such an amazing conversation and I feel like I learned a thing or two new about you. So very grateful to have you be a guest on Say Ola Wealth. And also I do want to share that also being part of Say Ola Wealth business because you are our official bookkeeper and we're very grateful to have you. Yes, you are. And I love having you as a client. Thank you so much for this opportunity to chat to your audience as well. Thank you, Lucy. What if I told you there is a way to get paid for the skills, knowledge, and the expertise you already have? 
introducing Hefas and Wealth, a private offer for the beginner and aspiring coach who wants to build a business where they can make money while pursuing financial freedom and of course create more impact in our community. There are a million ways to make a million and you might be sitting on the best idea that you can monetize. If you are ready to learn more, make sure you check the link in the show notes. On the Say Hola Well podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes and it does not constitute legal, accounting, tax, or other legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content information without seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professionals. We assume no responsibility for the information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liabilities with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracy, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitute an explicit understanding of acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.